0: Hi, welcome back to Unpolluted. When we talk about advancing sustainable solutions around the world, what we really need are people with amazing ideas and with the will to follow through with those ideas and implement them in reality. And to support anyone making change, we need mentors, individuals who are going to stand by them and support them through the rough times of creating sustainable change. And so, over some of the episodes in this second season, I wanted to talk to mentors in all kinds of places to hear about their experience with mentoring the young changemakers and the older changemakers of the world. You're listening to the Unpolluted Podcast. My name's Matteo Markle, and these are inspiring sustainability stories. <laughs> On today's episode, I'm really pleased to be joined by um, one of the well known mentors from the Earth Prize, Pierre Francesco Merico. Hi, Pierre.
1: Hi, Matteo. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, in the next couple episodes, uh, spread out over the next few weeks, we hope to talk to our mentors and hear about the experience that they had with the Earth Prize, which uh, is a $200,000 environmental sustainability competition. You can hear more about that in episodes one and two. And we'd like to hear about their experience and their lives as students across the world. So, Pier Francesco, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where are you based? And and what are you up to at the moment?
1: Yes, sure. Um, so yeah, my name is Pier Francesco, but um, yeah, feel free to call me Chesk. Um, I'm based in Switzerland in Gallen. so yeah, kind of where the Earth Prize is coming from. And I'm currently a final year uh, master's student at the University of St. Gallen. I'm studying their um, business and international business in a double degree program and yeah, about to graduate hopefully uh, next summer.
0: Wow. It sounds fantastic. Has, has your experience in Switzerland been, been as um, kind of idyllic or, or uh, utopian as many people around the world think when they, when they think of Switzerland?
1: Um, to some extent, yes. But actually, I grew up here. Um, so for me, it felt kind of normal. Mm-hmm. But once I went like, uh, yeah, beyond, uh, I went abroad to see other um, countries. I also lived in, in some other countries for a couple of months. I really saw that, uh, yeah, Switzerland is this kind of utopia. <laughs> and I started to embracing it from another perspective, um, which was yeah, a great experience for me. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I can imagine to work internationally afterwards as well, to kind of see how the different cultures work differently. And, yeah, to embrace the, the single things in all the different cultures.
0: Fantastic. And, and, and you said that you're studying business and international management. Um, And here, of course, on Unpolluted, we'd like to talk about inspiring sustainability stories. So just out of curiosity, what brings, what draws you to sustainability and how does that in any way connect to what you're studying?
1: Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, I think today sustainability and business kind of go hand in hand. So um, it's, it has really become a necessity over the past uh, couple of years. And therefore i think sustainability without business as a major stakeholder cannot uh work in today's world anymore and personally i see my role in kind of connecting those two worlds and um yeah building the bridge um from business to sustainable practices um there has been a major development at the university in this regard as well. Uh, a couple of years ago, sustainability was more of a buzzword, I would say, but it really became a kind of a movement, especially at my university. This kind of movement was um, student driven. So students started different initiatives um, regarding to embed sustainability in the curriculum on one side, but also to have sustainable impact beyond the university. And I think that was where I really got engaged with sustainability um, as part of an association. And this was also for me the starting point for the Earth Prize.
0: Well, I'd love to ask you about that association as well. But first of all, I I think you make an excellent point. You know, the idea that business in the past was not really considered to be uh, something that had close ties with sustainability because many businesses were, I, I think uh, you, you call them extractive. They were very um, resource intensive. And the idea was, okay, we will um, conduct business as usual with the idea of profit in mind and not really thinking about the planet. But what you're saying is that, you know, because sustainability and climate change are, of course, huge themes in the current um, global situation, that that's become more relevant. What, what exactly does that look like um, in, in school like are, are you having lessons that are centered around circular economy or different sustainability principles as part of your business degree like is that mandatory um, class time
1: um absolutely so currently um we have several courses um that are compulsory uh, in this regard but we also have the option to to choose different electives in this part um to also expand our horizon and to kind of Go into depth if we want to do so. Um, at my university, there is even the opportunity to do an additional uh, certificate um, called Managing Climate Solutions that allows students to really um, dive deep into um, dive deep into this. Uh, yeah, into these topics. Um, so I think the bridge has become a lot stronger uh, during the recent years. And yeah, I think the this kind of short-term profit orientation has really turned into a more long-term perspective, mm-hmm. um, which is currently um, the only way to move forward, in my opinion.
0: I, I would absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you on that front. Um, you mentioned that you were involved in an association, From from my perspective as a recently graduated high school student, um, I, I would associate associations with uh, student organizations and, and clubs in, in that regard. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm, I'm just curious to, to hear what you're involved in.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, when I started my studies, I was kind of focused on my, on my studies completely and kind of ignored um, all those associations and opportunities besides the classroom. Um, so at some point, I decided that I want to see what's out there as well. And I decided to join uh, one specific association, which was called uh, Student Impact. Student Impact is a student-led consultancy uh, at my university that uh, drives projects for external companies um, and thereby tries to implement sustainability in our economy. Um, there are two paths to do this. Uh, on one hand, the consultancy provides um, management consulting for sustainable startups. And on the other hand, it provides sustainability consulting for established businesses. Um, And this way, we as students have the opportunity to gain hands-on experience in um, relevant work in doing consulting. At the same time, we can gain leadership experience, but most importantly, we can have a real impact in the world besides the classroom, and can apply our knowledge um, to the real world, and that was really um, what sparked my interest. And yeah, I took some great experiences and friendships from them.
0: That sounds amazing. What what kinds of companies were you consulting or, or working with? What what sectors were they in? Were they doing something specific? Or I, I'm just curious to hear. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was. Yeah, completely diverse. I would say, um, as said, one of the roads was the um management consulting for sustainable startups. That was where I was engaged in. Um, as a project lead, I was uh, responsible for a market entry strategy of an education tech startup, um, that tried to build a self and personal reflection application. Mm-hmm. And that would allow people to become more conscious about themselves, about their personal development, and thereby also raise awareness of the role they could play in the whole sustainability and climate change topic. On the other hand, there were um, other teams engaged with um, sustainability consulting. Mm -hmm. And they were uh, mainly consulting um, established businesses. One example is uh, Hilti uh yeah leading tool manufacturer based in Liechtenstein mm-hmm. and they were providing advice on a sustainable supplier strategy so how um what incentives could drive um suppliers to make more sustainable decisions in order to make the whole supply chain um more sustainable and more carbon efficient so those were the two aspects, and yeah, as you can imagine, between a small, smart startup and an established business, um, L- lots,
0: there of is lots, space. lots of learning to be done, absolutely, learning to be done, and lots of space to work in. I, no, I think, I think that's incredibly relevant what you mentioned, um, that, that project that you're working on, because the idea of you know helping people find their role in the energy transition or their role in sustainability issues in general, because I, th- I think. The, major- the vast majority of people I at least meet or talk to, they're always interested in doing something to help, but sometimes they're not sure about where or how they can best plug in to keep the wheel turning and, and make progress. Um, yes. I'd, I'd like to move on. In terms of business and entrepreneurship, I think you know many entrepreneurs will credit much of their success to some of the fantastic mentors that they've had, and you have... Uh, both experience being a mentee and being a mentor um, for the Earth Prize, which is this competition that um, helps us host the Unpolluted podcast. And you were actually um, one of three mentors of the year. And uh, I, I guess I'd, I'd just like to ask you about that experience. What what does it mean to be a mentor of a year of the year, first of all? And what did you have to do? How did you work? This is a competition, after all, for teenage students, Um, where they have to come up with an idea, present it, work through, develop it, and then potentially win a cash prize that will help them on their way.
1: So I think in order to explain the role of a mentor, we have to take a step back and think about what the competition is about. It offers the high school students around the world the opportunity to come up with an idea and develop it to, to actually put it into reality and I think um, while coming up with an idea might be um, feasible for high school students usually when it comes to turning it into action and um, yeah thinking about the details Mm -hmm. that's where um, those rather young people um, are are kind of struggling and I think that's where um, our expertise or experience is very valuable so as a mentor We kind of advised uh, all those teams on their ideas, how they could refine them, um, what aspects they might be neglecting for the moment, and yeah, to really provide our um, advice, expertise and experience in order to um, elevate the idea to the next level. Um, We did that. On a broad scale um, from very technical questions and um, students had for us. Um, for example, I remember that I read one question about a certain bacteria and uh, students were asking whether that could help to um, deconstruct a certain uh, sort of plastic. And I mean, coming from a business background, I was uh, completely <laughs> overwhelmed, but it was good to see that another mentor coming from a very scientific background was able to tackle the question. And um, yeah, that really helped to to provide the right support to the students. Um, and eventually we've seen they came up with um, amazing ideas. And I think, yeah, that was part of that collaboration between the mentors and the, the student teams.
0: That, that sounds like a great bridge of like, you know, the younger students and the slightly more experienced university students, but still overall um, people in in kind of the youth category working on solving issues. Just help me and our listeners get get a real clear picture of how this would function. How would you be in communication with the teams? Because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the teams are spread out across the world. So would you communicate with them by calls, by email? Um, How exactly would that work?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question, because, uh, yeah, in terms of time shifts, um, calls wouldn't be that feasible, given the global scale of the competition. So, uh, in fact, everything works on a, um, the Earth Prize platform, which you can imagine, like, I'd um, say, Facebook or Slack, for those of you who know uh, that tool, um, where students can post their questions and um, uncertainties and we as mentors had access to the whole question base, we could then filter them based on certain topics. For example, um, I could filter for business related questions or um, yeah, rather idea generation or rather mm-hmm. idea refinement questions so that everyone could really uh, search for the questions he feels comfortable answering and based on that we could then um give written answers to those questions and um yeah students could provide follow-up questions that we again could answer or um yeah a certain conversation was already um resolved quite quickly so so
0: you were very much a resource for for the students in that in that respect right
1: yeah i think from today's perspective i I often think about it as a the chat GPT um,
0: <laughs> human the, chat GPT.
1: absolutely yeah um just a great source of knowledge um available at your at your fingertips um, and depending on how well you ask questions, um, you will get incredible mm-hmm. um answers back so yeah. Everything tied back in the end to the to the sort of question we
0: got. And with regard to the types of questions, I mean, I, I'm I'm just wondering because I'm thinking of all the types of problems. What were some of the the crazier questions or the or the more memorable questions, perhaps, that that you may have stumbled across that that you thought, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to answer this? Or this is a just a crazy question. <laughs>
1: um.
0: Yeah, I think
1: some of them were definitely the scientific ones when it was really technical um and far beyond my um area of expertise other ones were kind of funny um when student teams asked like one day before submission deadline um when the deadline was and if they had enough time to um do this and that uh oh differently um yeah Funny, funny moments in different regards, I would say. Um, but at the same time, also very inspiring questions. Um, when when people describe their situation, their environment, and the problem they are um, faced with, and um, yeah, for example, people living in refugee camps, participating in the in the competition and describing about a very local issue mm-hmm. um, that I couldn't even imagine um, living in a very privileged yeah. situation. Um, so that was the other part, um, less funny, but um, very, very inspiring still.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the beautiful things about the Earth Prize that it's completely free to register for. And so you get that that sort of equality where anyone can participate no matter where they are, who they are, or what their background is. Yeah, I would definitely emphasize that. Um, in terms of your experience as a mentor, you were one of many mentors. So, what made you, you know, one of the three mentors of the year?
1: Um, I might not be the right one to ask that. Um, it, it was the participants who voted. Um, but I think, um, at least, what helped me um to to keep my motivation and engagement was really that I tried to find the questions that I felt comfortable Mm -hmm. with, that I felt, um, yeah, interesting and where I could see how I could contribute. I think, um, in my specific case, this was to kind of scale an idea from, from one to, um, 10 or 100, um, in entrepreneurship, We often talk about like scaling a business from zero to one. That is like everything coming up from coming up with a basic idea and kind of refining it. And then there are entrepreneurs that are better in scaling from one to ten,
0: which is like
1: um, bringing an existing idea up to scale, expand it, finding new options to to grow Mm -hmm. the business. And personally, I see myself right now more in the one to ten. Space, so that was really where I could add value to the teams. Um, for example, teams that um wanted to do a specific project in their school um regarding vertical farming, and I just try to encourage them to think beyond their school and try to like scale the whole idea to maybe different schools or even um larger institutions like um, firms canteens or um, cinemas or like just to think beyond the the obvious and i think um yeah that was where i could add uh, a lot of value and apparently it was really embraced by the students which was great feedback for me as well
0: no that's fantastic congratulations one one thing i'd I'd also like to go back to I mean we've spoken about you mentoring, but one of the things you mentioned in in a in an interview that I read was that you've you've also been mentored yourself, so you've you yourself have been a mentee, and I'm just wondering to what extent you know had that experience and uh, it would be interesting to hear about that influenced or kind of benefited the role you played as a mentor for for some of the younger students now if if it did
1: mm-hmm. um absolutely. I think it was one of the key reasons why I decided to join the Earth Prize. Um, because I've benefited from a, a personal one-to-one mentor for quite some time already. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, greatly appreciated all the time and effort um this person put into me. It was compared to the Earth Prize more uh, personal and professional development. So lots of talking about um like potential future plans uh, potential doubts regarding to that and yeah to really find out who you are as a person and where you want to be in one or two years um although the earth price is kind of a different mentoring more mm-hmm. knowledge and um yeah more knowledge sharing i would say i was really um committed to give something back and to mm-hmm. to kind of Use my experience that I have still in my young age, but like the advantage that I have um, compared to uh, high school students, and to help them to, yeah, to avoid certain mistakes and to find their right path for their yeah. project.
0: Yeah, the, the the giving back in terms of community support, I absolutely understand that. Um, so I think we, we've spoken about, you know, your involvement in the competition and, and, and what you've seen from it. I, I think you've probably have gotten a pretty good picture of what various youth groups around the world are involved in, in terms of problem solving with regard to the climate crisis and sustainability in general. And I think one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, what's your opinion on the youth of today? Are, are they capable of, you know, tackling some of the greatest challenges of the 21st century? Are, are, you, are you optimistic or pessimistic? i would just be curious
1: definitely optimistic um i was really surprised by the by the quality um of work those young people um came up with in a very short amount of time and also the kind of degree of detail they they thought about so as said the earth prize is not just about coming up with an idea but Actually presenting a plan how to implement that idea and to estimate a potential impact of that mm-hmm. and I think um, seeing what young young students were able uh, coming up with to tackling very local problems in their very own communities and scaling it to a really big impact um, was was amazing to see and I think um, the youth Plays plays just a crucial role in the in the whole um, climate change topic. So, mm. from that perspective, I'm I'm definitely optimistic. Yet, I have to admit that I think um, it's not only about the youth to Absolutely. to address the topic. It should be a collective effort. Um, but I think yeah, we can count on on the support of the next generation.
0: Right. We can count on the support of the next generation, as long as they're being supported by those who are currently in power and who, who have the ability to make those decisions. Um, I, I think now is a good time to go back to one of our traditions here on the Unpolluted podcast. Um, one of the things we'd like to do to link our episodes together is to provide our current guest with a question from a former guest and to give you, um, as the current guest, the opportunity to pass on a question to someone else later on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Today's question for you comes from Angela McCarthy in episode two, and her question was really simple. And I think you being someone who's had a lot to do with the earth prize would be in a great position to answer this question. The question is, you know, of all the things that you've noticed about the earth prize, what is one thing that maybe you see as something that could be improved?
1: tough question um because overall i just had an amazing experience but i think if i had to name one thing it would be to um to kind of emphasize the personal mentoring um more because um in last year's competition up to a certain extent there was the mentoring was more on a anonymous basis and that was also due to the huge scale um i mean we had close to 1000 teams participating but only 40 mentors so um yeah a kind of a discrepancy in between but then for the um top 10 top 10 teams um we mentors could provide personal advice in a video call and i found that um, incredibly inspiring for, for me as a mentor, but I also thought that um, the quality of advice one could give in this kind of personal um, setting was yeah just on another level and I think also the, the team that was provided with the advice was much appreciating that um, kind of personal and targeted advice. Um, so if I could improve one thing, I would say um, try to implement that even earlier in the whole mm-hmm. process and, yeah, give student teams the opportunity for dedicated mentoring um, already in the, during the submission phase.
0: I think that's excellent advice and I hope that the foundation will take it on eventually. I mean, they, they do hear these podcasts, of course. Um, I think... Going down to the the final moments here, I I just wanted to ask you what might be a question that you would ask one of our next guests, knowing that they might be sustainability experts, they might be students, they might be um, university students like yourself, or they might be someone with a totally different profession. It can be sustainability or not related. I'm
1: often wondering how will we look at the whole sustainability topic um, 10 years from now? So I'd be interested to hear a perspective on that question. What a person thinks will um, be our look at the whole sustainability topic uh, 10 years in the future.
0: Ooh, A question for the future. I think that's a good one. I'm going to put it into our question hat and we'll see who gets it down the line. In any case, I think that was an excellent session I spent with you. Thank you so much, Pierre Francesco, for your time. I hope you as our listeners and our guests found this to be an informative discussion. And as always, we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into that episode of Unpolluted. It was so nice of you to join us. Um I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media or drop me a line directly at earthmateo on Instagram. We're looking forward to seeing you in another episode. Stay sustainable.